Jasper, go! Paddle like the wind! Jasper, my good man. Yarp. Have we run aground? Yarp. And now we're completely stuck just a few feet away from an enormous man-eating creature? Yarp. Well, um, I don't think we will survive this from the strength of arms. I think it's time to negotiate. Hello and welcome to another episode of the LARP Noobs podcast. Um, today is a, another special, but even more special because we are in quarantine. So we are doing this episode over Discord. Um, the, hopefully the audio will be fine for everyone. We're going to try and do our best. But um, here to bring you an episode, are, I'm joined by two wonderful people. If you would like to introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Al. I, Al Bevan. I have been LARPing for a long time and I tend to tell stories when I'm at LARP. Uh, yeah, I work for both LT and PD in as their, well, customer-facing side, really. Um, so, yeah, I play a lot of games, uh, help run games, uh, crew for games, and have done since I was about 12 years old. So Yeah, Al, we'll get to why you're already quite notable on this podcast, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, hi, I'm Jade, Jade Parsonage, and I'm a British-based storyteller and folk singer. I've been LARPing since I was five, year, five years old because my uh, parents were the first generation of LARPers in the UK. And I storytell in pretty much every system that I'm in. At the moment, I'm a Imperial High Bard at, at PD for the Empire um, game. And um, I've just stood uh, down from um, the games team at um, Curious Pastimes. But yeah. That's wow. Me. Well, it's quite a CV there, folks. Um, <laughs> and if you hadn't already guessed, we are going to be talking about um, storytelling, um, specifically about LARP storytelling, but I'm sure we will venture into other avenues as we go. Um, to what I was saying earlier, so Al is the wonderful storyteller that is uh, in Navarre. And me and Ian absolutely love hearing Al's stories. Um, we were quite mesmerized by a couple of them. So uh, straight off the bat, Al, thank you very much for uh, for some of the great stories that we managed to enjoy, you know? Oh, they're all stolen. <laughs> yeah, so so where shall, where shall we start in how to tell stories at, um, at, at let's say, at LARP generally? Like, where, where would be a good... So you've had your idea, you're going to tell a story. What sort of thing are you guys thinking about? How do you approach this? I would start with trying to become comfortable speaking in public because a lot of people, anybody can tell a story, but if you can't... Uh, translate that over to your audience then it's lost the value mm -hmm. of that story isn't there so start by practicing um, public speaking yeah I would say like um, there are some things that I would say that that are good rules like if you're not a confident um, person in front of a crowd there are certain things that you can do like trying to slow down um, your cadence or you speak um, is a good one. Remember to breathe, things like that and try and speak to the back of the room, right? Like you're trying to get your voice heard, which I find a lot is where people are almost embarrassed by being in front of a large group and therefore they lose the interest from the large group, you know? So yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, the thing that I see most when people perform uh, both at LARP and out and about is 
what most people do is they stand up and the first thing they do is apologize for what they're doing. Yes. Stand up. They say, I'm sorry, or uh, this is new. I haven't done it before. So bear with me or anything like that. And I, it's kind of gets to me because I want someone to stand up and go, Hey, I'm in control here. I'm going to take you on this journey, this story, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, all you need to do is listen and come with me. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. Yeah. The fact is that you you kind of need to have like at least um, a facade of confidence in order to sometimes hook someone into what you're saying, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think I, I, one thing I would say is going to LARP and looking at the different storytellers that appear at Songs and Stories, which is a Navari tradition where on the evenings people come around us fire and everyone sings a, sings and uh, tells stories basically. But um, one of the things that I've noticed a lot is where you've seen people who are very, very confident telling their story, but I get the feeling with a lot of people that they didn't start there, right? Like people aren't necessarily born to perform. Sometimes people have to work on it, right? Well, that's the thing with um, storytelling is that it should be about the story and it's not necessarily to do with um, the the person who's telling it. Of course, in a LARP type sense, then you want your story to have something to do with the world that you're in. But it's the story which is the important bit rather than um, the person telling it. You want people to be able to close their eyes and still experience that story. Um, It's not something which has to be performed um Mm. in a a physical sense yeah i think the um yeah interesting yeah i'm sorry what were you gonna say i was gonna say that's really interesting because um i'm 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 a hack i know i am i i work i've worked with some fantastic storytellers and know that what i do is not up to what they do i also know that i never apologize for what i do (laughs) um so i do perform and it is well you know it's all about me um yeah. <laughs> but it's about me taking people somewhere that they've not been um and i think to a degree i while i do things differently to jade um because jade's like a real proper storyteller and not you know some show off like me mm. uh, <laughs> then is there yeah. is there is there a proper storyteller though like uh... absolutely not <laughs> no no and anybody can be a storyteller um yeah anybody can be a storyteller everybody's got a story in them it's just um if we're going to uh talk about kind of you know me being a proper storyteller which you know as we've already discussed <laughs> there isn't such a thing really um mm. then it's all to do with uh what happens um as that breath leaves your body so it's it's um it becomes something magical it becomes something more um because uh, when when you start telling that story and of course uh you're kind of hooked into that breath into that story um yeah yeah i think there's there's something to um especially i find like verbal storytelling like we in our day-to-day lives we do it but there's something very special about sitting down and listening to a storyteller which i don't think i've really done much as ever with outside of LARP you know what I mean it's a really nice uh environment that can actually allow you to show off those skills um to to a welcoming audience you know yeah it's something which is um becoming more and more popular there's been a revival in it and I've noticed that 
both in um, a LARP sense, particularly in the festival LARPs, as well as in um, the the real world. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, just, so it's just... become a lot more mainstream. Oh, very I mean... much. I'm, I'm part of that wave, by the way, Jade. I'm I'm part of the huge influx of players in the last couple of years, for sure. You know fantastic yeah but it's no, all it's about great. just giving it a go and you can start off really small you can start off just telling that story to one other person and i would say that it's important that you tell it to another person rather than just try and tell it into a mirror or something like that because storytelling is about working on that feedback that you're getting from your audience and being mm -hmm. able to read your audience and respond to it and that's why storytelling is different from just reading a story from a book because as a storyteller you can change your story um, to react directly to your audience whereas if you're just reading from a book you can't I so like... I definitely recommend telling a story to start off with one person if you're not too confident and then just build from there I think that sounds uh, very good yeah it's quite interesting you said that because um, I, I, I recently told a story for the first time at um, Empire Day so there's a storytelling competition there and I uh, entered uh, I won because no one else entered, but I still won. So um, it counts. Totally counts. Exactly counts, right? It counts. I got yeah. a prize. Yeah. Um, but it was like uh, even I had to tell the story twice. Um, once when I got there just to kind of try and get the story out. And I was kind of nervous about it, just to try and get some votes for it. And then because there was no one else entered, they made me tell it in front of everyone, right? Um there were definitely two versions of that story told. There wasn't just one version of that story that I told that night. There were there were minor differences in trying to like uh, get a feel for the crowd and different jokes, right? Like, um, yeah. or, or some sort of mood on them. And it was interesting to see, having done it, because I didn't really do it in front of anyone before, um, people's reactions when I didn't expect them. Like, yes. I remember there was like an audible gasp when I described something terrible. And I didn't even in my own mind when I was thinking about it, think that there would be a reaction to it. But the, the feedback from an audience is, is pretty cool, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And the more that you tell a story, the more you'll realise that the story will change. But the more you'll get familiar with that story and you'll start to be able to anticipate when your audience is going to perhaps react at certain points, like you were saying. Yeah, it's it's very much a conversation. Uh, admittedly, most of the time, the people on the other side of the conversation don't talk back. Um, sometimes they do. Uh, sometimes you encourage them to, and sometimes they're just you know heckling. Yeah. But it is about that interplay. So telling a story to an audience who you can see and feel and and get a feed, like Jade said, get that feedback from is really important. Uh, one thing that I did do find quite interesting is the idea that at LARP, uh, people might feel embarrassed or or, you know, nervous about standing up. And I think that comes from the sort of innate desire in us as people to not look stupid. Yeah. Right. And I think anytime I think, oh God, that's going to make me look stupid and I'm in a LARP field, I try and remind myself that we're all dressed up in funny outfits hitting each other with rubber sticks. <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely. <laughs> I, I, my biggest worry in when I was doing mine was being boring. Like, um, because it's because of the nature of a story, it's not something that is quick or easily done, right? It can be, right? But like a story, my story is five minutes long. I don't want people to be bored for any amount of that time, right? Um, I think that's kind of like some of the pressure that I felt in it. It was less looking stupid rather than just boring someone to death and giving them a bad time. Um, it's 
stories, once you get past the whole sort of getting up and telling a story and imparting information, uh, stories become much more like uh, music than people think. Mm. So they might have a refrain or a, a chorus or a, a call and response that actually uses that you actually use as a way to hook people in. Sure. Yeah. Um, so like there's there's one that I do about uh, the Navarre and how the Navarre believe everything is a big dance. Um, and the, there's a there's a line in that which is uh, the only line that I use repeatedly and know how the story is is basically the orcs will tell you orcs don't dance but we're Navarre and we know everyone dances. everyone starts going along with it it's it's I've I've in, I I was, say, I was about to say I've been a part of that which is a weird way to put a story but that's what the words and I think they're actually quite fitting is like it becomes very um, collective that story yeah yeah absolutely it's a it's a way of bringing people back from whatever they're drifting off to think about or um, getting them involved because they're then an active member of an audience rather than a passive member of an audience. Yeah, and definitely. and an audience always likes to be able to anticipate. They always like to be, um, go, oh, yes, I know what's coming. So if you leave them up to something like uh, the refrain you were just talking about, then they get that sense of um, a reward because they know how to do that bit. And like you say, it kind of brings them into the story. Yeah, I found there's a few, um, uh, like, traits sometimes that, like, the, I don't know what the right word for that would be, but so that's a good one, repetition, right? And to be able to get people enjoyed and, and have an idea of, like, the anticipation of what's about to happen, right? Um, also, weirdly, like, the number three, right? If you do something three times, the audience know on the third time something different will happen, right? There's a few tropes that people kind of take as a... Oh, as a Yeah, three or seven, yeah. Right, exactly um seven is a pain in the ass by the way because i wanted i had my story i did was basically a dum 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 right and then the the end of it would be a different thing but because i did it over virtues there are seven bloody virtues um, <laughs> so having to get through seven of them like i remember i had to i even wrote at the back of one of them uh the, like the last three or whatever that i could compact those into one if i needed to right yeah. like um just to get out of there if i had to you know but um <laughs> yeah bloody seven seven that's excessive you know <laughs> when you were but it is one of the magic numbers they are they mm -hmm. are magic numbers and um just picking up on what you were saying al about uh people uh, no sorry it was dave wasn't it about being frightened um uh, of boring people if you stand up and you do what i call getting your twinkle out so you stand out i'm sorry <laughs> it's not that sort of podcast jade i'm afraid yeah. do you know what I mean? like, run that uh, one by me again jade. We've got, we're pretty <laughs> slack here but honestly that's disrepute right there you stand up. starting to be disappointed that i've never seen you tell a story <laughs> oh no sorry wrong podcast <laughs> wrong podcast that's the other one yeah oh, no. so, what, what, tell us about your twinkle so uh, you stand up, you have a sense of purpose and a sense of presence, you have a twinkle in your eye, you look like you're just about to engage everybody. So look around the people you're going to be telling your story to and look them in the eye as you do so, just briefly, just as you throughout the crowd, different people. And what you're doing there is you're giving people permission to enjoy the story that you're just about to tell. So if you're telling your story and you look like you're enjoying it and you keep just going around with the twinkly eye and um, getting, getting, <laughs> getting eye contact 
with people, then they stick with you. And no matter how many mistakes you make or whether you have to go back on a bit of the story that you've forgotten, they will forgive you because you're enjoying it and they have permission to enjoy it because they can see that you've got your twinkle out. I, I, I completely get what you mean by your twinkle now. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I tend to have a kind of, um, just before I tend to do things that I'm very nervous about, um, I feel like, think of me more like grabbing myself by the back of my own shirt and throwing myself out of an aeroplane is the kind of like how I tend to approach things I'm scared of. But once you actually get out there, like it's funny how um, one person engaging in your story can be enough to, yes, I can get this whole crowd. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, I remember making eye contact with someone that was actually engaged and being almost like, holy crap, let's do this, right? And then you start to engage with everyone else, eye contact. Um, if someone, I found it also, if someone made a noise or something like that, um, kind of you break the story by t speaking to them directly and get them involved in the story as well. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that goes back to what we were talking about, about um, with storytelling, then yes, you react to what's going on around you. You react to the people around you, but you also react to whatever is going on around you. If a branch falls out of a tree, or on um, or on, on one memorable event, they had baby owls that we kept finding under trees, and uh, there was a baby owl which was under a tree while I was telling a story. So it just became part of the story. <laughs> yeah, I think there's definitely um, telling stories in the woods is a pretty good time, right? Like that looks uh, that's a pretty good setting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It's it is a really. Um, so the guys that set up songs and stories, they worked really hard to get the atmosphere right. Mm -hmm. um, so you're walking already onto a stage where people are wanting you to do something good. Yeah. Um, and that's that's really liberating. Um, it's it's quite interesting about you saying that you sort of you get someone's feedback. Um, you look at them and you you understand they're involved. See, a lot of people that I know that work as storytellers, and me especially, because I'm quite arrogant. I, I, there's a thing about assumption. I assume people are going to come with me. Mm. Um, would you say that, that? Would you say kind of removes the choice? Would you say that? <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Experience though, right? I'm like, I'm talking about like if you're a, if you're new to storytelling, right? As in fact, we were talking about this earlier, Al, about the idea of being new to LARP, right? And it's hard to get that into your mind what it was new to be being new to the hobby. I think it's also like um being new to storytelling right like do you reckon a lot of the stuff that you're talking about now is something that you've learned over the time or do you reckon that you kind of like it was it was something you felt comfortable with from the off so that's that's an interesting one uh because of i think because of the back the background that you bring in to whatever you're doing shapes a lot and my background is theater i worked as an actor i taught drama right my background is theater i don't have an issue standing up and doing these mm -hmm. things um, so thinking back to it, I think, yeah, there was a point where I was, uh, you know, really nervous about going on stage, really nervous about standing up and talking. Um, but then you get to that whole, you you fake it until you make it. You go on knowing you're the best person, telling yourself you're the best person, telling yourself that everyone there is going to listen. Mm -hmm. And that assumption sort of, it, like I say, it almost removes the choice. People are going to listen because you expect them to. Yeah. And, and as a crowd. 
that's that's really powerful yeah and uh, one of the great things is is that if you're a larper no matter whether you're a new larper or or somebody with a lot of experience then you are already pretending to be somebody else so it's not too much of a jump i think to pretend to be a storyteller or to pretend to have um confidence when you i i, I totally to agree I, I i actually was saying this to my friend ian um the you can use your LARP character as a mask. You do that a lot. I think a lot of people do that a lot in other aspects of of um, LARP, right? So say if you're running to be a senator, for example, or even if you're just not very good at talking to anybody and you find it very hard to approach someone and talk about it, LARP can help with that. So maybe like storytelling within LARP, like I've seen people clearly be their characters telling the story, right? Like that isn't who they are, but they're definitely channeling their character and RPing a storyteller, which is an interesting thing to watch, right? Yeah. Well, and, and a whole LARP event is basically just a huge interactive storytelling experience. Mm -hmm. So everybody who's on that field or in a castle or wherever they are, they're all they're all storytellers already. Yeah, I, I think I that's I think that's I was actually uh, I, I did a stupid video the other day um and I spoke to random people on the internet basically um and one of the things that I found was trying to describe it to people that had no idea um what what it was was talking about it almost like interactive theater is actually a really good way to get a lot of people to kind of understand a, a lot more of the hobby than what what it first appears to be you know Yes, yeah, yeah. So for to people who are on the outside, it gives that gives them an explanation which they can um, build upon. But yeah. yeah, otherwise it's just for them. It's usually just people running around yelling fireball, right? Like that's that's their tone <laughs> yes. of view, right? Whereas it's a lot more kind of uh, narrative based than I think people give it credit for. Yeah, hugely narrative based. Yeah, yeah. But right. um, let's talk about creating a story, right? Like. Let's say you you feel like you would like to tell a story at Empire. How would you go around like trying to find a subject matter or or a story that you could tell? I think there's a few different ways that you can approach that. Um, one, and I think that's the the way that I would thoroughly encourage is for you to try and find it on the field. So just go around and talk to as many people as you can find or who will talk to you and you'll find more often than not that stories will will find you and pick up one which interests you and decide that you're going to tell that story and then um there's a process called <laughs> this is this is might sound a bit dull there's a process called the bare bones so you take that story and it's probably either something uh out of the kind of the history or the background of empire or maybe it's something a bit bawdy and um, and fun. But you take what you... <laughs> a bawdy <laughs> story at Empire? Are you crazy? Well, on the marches. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but you take your story and you break it down into its parts, and you keep breaking it down until you get, say, about I don't know six different um, words, which are your story. So it might it. It, those six different words are all that you have to try and remember if you're going to tell your story. And uh, you just elaborate around those six different words, those six different um, bare bones in the story. Okay, interesting. Let, let's use a real world example of that. I don't know. Let's do uh, Jack and the Beanstalk. Like, what would you say would be the six words there, right? Like, magic beans, giant, 
beanstalk. So, um, goose. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely along those lines. So you might start off with um, selling um, beanstalk, giant, um, goose, uh, gold, um, and then death. Yeah. And then, so so we've got selling, beanstalk, giant, goose, gold, death. Those are the only things that you need to remember. That's your entire story. And then it's all about just using descriptive words. So picking up on all the different senses and trying to describe um, what's happening throughout that story. Right from selling to beanstalk, giant, goose, gold, and then the death. Yeah, I used um, bullet points, um, which were literally not that not that I would ever need help remembering all seven virtues. Honestly, uh, obviously, if anyone's in the, in the Inquisition's yeah. listening, um, the but I wrote them down, and I basically wrote like um, I wrote two key words just for names that I knew I would forget or fluff on the time when I did it, and um, uh, what 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 the moral of each story was. So for the virtue, and like one word, so it would be like courage battle next to it for example or yeah whatever the word would be so trying to keep it real bullet pointy and that was such a comfort when i when i went up there to tell the story um i was also using a tambourine so i hid my notes in the tambourine which is always a good time <laughs> good tip <laughs> yeah if you ever see me telling a story and i'm holding a tambourine that's why um, that's why <laughs> so yeah that that scaffolding is really important um and you build the scaffolding of the story like Jay tears out of the bare bones and then that gives you time to as you become more comfortable with the story and more comfortable with telling stories it gives you time to mess around yeah. <laughs> um in amongst the scaffolding because you've got the bones to hold it together mm-hmm. that you can return to um yeah, and, and like we've already discussed the story will change each time that you tell it yeah, and also to the to the crowd that you're with, right? There's a whole bunch of nuance and and, and ways to go with this. One thing I've been uh, I really wanted to do, which I don't think I pulled off, which I would really like to do, is to do the emotional end, right? You know, um, my, my friend Ian again, sorry to quote him again, but he said like uh, earning the silence of the crowd, which I really like as a um, expression. You know what I mean? Like. Ooh. Yeah, it's nice, right? Um, yeah, poetic. I, I, you said it offhand, but I wrote it down because I was like, that shit's heavy, dude. I really like that. Yeah. Um, no, I, I usually say um, uh, landing the plane safely, but I think I'm going to swap it for earning the silence of the, cl- of the crowd. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, that's, that's one thing I would really like to strive towards because I find, like you were talking about earlier, with like, like, like a bawdy song is a bawdy, bawdy thing, right? Or a bawdy story, right? You, if you're getting a laugh, that's, job done right i think there's something really challenging about selling an engaging emotional story because you have to get the crowd and take them all the way with you and then leave them just for a second to dwell on an emotion before you finish your story like that's difficult you know and it's also terrifying right right because you get to the end of your story and there's if you get if you if you hit what you're talking about there's silence Mm mm-hmm and silence is really hard to read. A group of people laughing or shouting or cheering or whatever, that's really easy to read. That means you've done okay. A group of people telling you to get the fuck off the stage, that's easy to read. <laughs> that means, 
you know that maybe you need to revisit tough what crowd. you've been doing tough crowd right yeah, yeah. i should, I, should um, I need to stop telling stories at prisons this is terrible <laughs> i don't I, I i did a I did a gig the other day and got heckled by one person in the audience that one person was my partner <laughs> <laughs> um a friend of mine sam uh sorry podcast listeners is probably boring for you guys but he told the story uh of my death at songs and story time right um <laughs> i know and honestly like i i might uh, I might have I had something in my eye near the end of the story I wasn't crying oh, you anything, there? But, um, oh, wow. it's a dusty yeah, circle I it's a dusty circle it, right um, yeah. yeah and it was really emotional but I remember thinking like I was really worried about him telling my story right like I was really like oh man like what if the crowd are just so bored by this right and there was like an emotional silence at the end and I was like oh no but I, I think Sam was worried about it but it turned out that everyone was actually really engaged in the story so yeah um, as a, as a kind of a, a it's brave to try that story and i think it's a great everest to try See, and conquer yeah well like al I was saying that's... it's terrifying when there's a silence at the end of your story because you do you you want feedback and usually when there's a silence at the end of the story people aren't really staring at you anymore they they've they're looking down or they're um they're, they're still in the story in their head or whatever mm. and it's only when people are ready that they start making a sound so generally you have to hold your story space so you have to stand there and wait until people start making a sound so um and usually it comes in drips and drabs as well where people are going oh thank you or one person might start clapping or whatever but yeah it's it's very hard to stand there and and allow that 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 quiet that silence see, to happen. It's interesting. See, sorry, I'm awful. I, I I'm awful for it because I know that quite a few of the stories I tell end with that sort of emotional resonant point, and then I give it a few seconds, and then I've got a punchline that completely undermines. This it. is what. <laughs> yeah, it's great you just said that because actually that was going to be my plan. Right, the story that I told has this. Um, uh, I, I can't help but feel as it peters off at the end, right? Like, so my plan is to do a gag at the end. Like, that's literally, funny you say that, Al, because that's literally what my next plan is to try and uh, capitalize on the emotional moment, but then bring it in for a, a, a zinger. And it's like, is that undermining any emotion I've managed to, to get in the rest of it, you know? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's an interesting one. It depends on the gag. Because um, quite often you can set up that emotion, and people are with you, and they're feeling it, and they're going, and they're they're experiencing what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And then, if you sometimes leaving people on that is what you desire. It's what you want. You want to. I'm going to be really, uh, you know, wanky now and say you want a sort of didactic uh, ending that teaches something. Um, yeah, we should definitely get. By the way, yeah. as, a, as, a, as, a, as a warning, we definitely think... get. We should get more wanky as the podcast goes on. By the way, so, uh, okay, right. So from here on out, we will be getting very wanky. So from here on out, I'll be talking about uh, you know the difference between didactic and dialectic, and we'll be talking about the front function effect. Get your, first, get your dictionaries um, out, people. We're going in for a big one, all right? You can't, English, German, there. Um, I, I think it's all right um, to go for a gag, and you know, again, read. Yeah, read it can be a press release read your audience, but just as long as you've made sure that you've tied up your story. Um, at the end before you do that gag so make yeah, sure there fair. are no loose ends make sure that um you've given the reason for the story um if, and then if, if i do allow a space uh, and then tell your gag if i do it correctly i'm building the gag already right so the gag should be the 
the, the it's like the second storyline effectively do you know what i mean the b line to to the yeah. story so it's a bit of light relief throughout it and that should hook into the end so oh man i wish i wish we were going to empire this weekend basically oh That's i know so I'm really interested in what you said about your friend telling your story at Songs and Stories, mm-hmm. uh, because um, years and years ago, uh, when they were writing Empire, um, I ran into Matt at, God, what was it? It was at an event somewhere. Um, and he's, he said, oh, I know you've played like Arc Systems, and I know you've played Maelstrom and Odyssey and all this, and I know you've never overly got on with them what is it that you'd change about our games right and um at the time i wasn't playing a lot of pd i'd sort of walked away from from uh maelstrom and for me it was a weird one where in odyssey death didn't matter Mm. Uh, you died you went and generated a new character you went back in in the same kit you walked straight back in heroes were expected to die it was a thing that happened No one really talked about it. You were just your mate or your brother or your somebody else from your town that had walked in. Right. Um, in Maelstrom, death because of the way the downtime system worked, death became such a big thing that um, playing a murderer as I did, it was like you'd you'd, <laughs> you'd kill you'd kill people, and there would just be an you know like this. There'd been so much put in that no one wanted to die. So everyone had these skills that allowed them to strike for uber death or whatever, but no one ever used anything because it would be putting your character that you'd spent all this time on, on the line. Right. Um, so I said to Matt, death needs to be important. That death needs to be important enough that, that people remember it and it matters, uh, but not so important that people don't want to do it. You want to encourage people to, to go out there and die because that's part of the story. Yeah. Um, and when we discussed how we'd do that, it was very much along the lines of one of the greatest things that can happen is you turn up as your new character to a fire somewhere and someone is telling your heroic story of how you died that morning. Yeah. That, that, this is a, uh, one of the things I really enjoyed about first going to Empire and going to some of the stories was the stories I was hearing were like, I remember talking to Ian about it being like, man, like these stories are probably about someone, maybe someone at the, at the, the circle right now, right? Then that's a cool thing to hear. Like... I want to be a hero, right? Um, little did I know, I had to die to uh, get a story told about me, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but what, what but better way of honouring a character? It was the best, like, like not to get too uh, emotional about it, but, like, it was... So dying was a really great experience. Coming back was great. What it, it was a really good thing. But the absolute full-stop emotional stopper, like the on all of that was the story at songs and stories, right? That, that hit me in a way. Um, it, it's, it's, it's still something I'm decompressing now. Like the emotion I felt when I was listening to it for a fictional yes. character, right? That was myself, which is weird, but. Is, is that, yeah, was... is that because you're, you feel like um, your, your character has become or became <laughs> something more than just you? Yes, very much so. And I would also say like, um, it's, it, it, like my character Ifan became its own almost solid entity, right? Like in my mind at that stage. Do you know what I mean? Like it is a yeah. he's a real person who who that who I got to experience for a year and a half or whatever it was, you know? Yeah, so it's interesting. It's inter- it's interesting because we're all in that field to tell stories. 
or to create stories or to be part of a story or whatever it is. Yeah. However you chase plot or interact with people, whatever it is you do, everyone's there essentially to be a hero in their own story or an anti-hero or, or, you know, whatever it is that floats your boat. Mm. And then if you, if you do a thing that then people take time to talk about later, it's why hanging out with LARPers in the pub is simultaneously brilliant and awful uh, because <laughs> they will tell you their LARP stories. Yeah. And LARP stories are amazing. And they're even better if they're you and you're there. But if someone's telling a story that is genuinely interesting and it's about something you've done, that's that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's an awesome thing. But, but picking up on that, it's, it's um, interesting how the, these stories um, are all... Uh, uh, links in a chain so you have your own story you, your character the things that you've done and then somebody else tells the story of you perhaps say if your character's died and then that legend goes on so each person who's been telling this story adds something to it so that that story uh, could have started say event one and then we're at event seven and that story's still going and it's changed so each each different time it's been told it's like another chain um another link on a, on a chain of of the story of, of that particular character absolutely and i think there's something to be said about um being a uh, like an unreliable narrator narrator when you're doing any story right like if you're telling the story of somebody like definitely embellishing or exaggerating certain aspects and omitting other bits so it depends on what you want to do with this oh, story yeah. right? you don't need to no, know no, that's no, your no, job in the way of a good story exactly right like you got a yeah heroic as all hell if you want to do that or not right it depends on the story you want to tell right yeah but, yeah but it's interesting that these stories are both in the LARP field and in the LARP setting. And then, so they're following one uh, kind of branch or, or thread or chain in that setting, but then also off the field, like you were saying, say when people have um, LARP pub meets, then those stories are still actually carrying on in in, in the real world, you know, out of, out of the, that LARP field. They're still carrying on in their own way. Mm -hmm. I also think there's something to be said about... Um when you're at um, Empire and you are doing something like uh, something you could do could possibly end up being a great story. It's just a question of um, how you approach certain things, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. like my buddy uh, shot a Herald um, from a, a, <laughs> a, a, a not very far distance um, while hiding bravely behind all the people actually fighting. Um, <laughs> so we called him the hero of Brickelliand incessantly and we still do it now like he is the hero of Brokelian because he was so chuffed with himself for shooting a herald but we've created a whole thing about him now like uh you know in fact i need to tell the story of the uh the hero of Brokelian just to really give archers a lot of shit that's going to be the entire intention of me telling the story <laughs> but that, but, uh... that's where troubadours come in as so strong in empire because they can absolutely make a make a person they really can they can they can big them up they can um, give them uh, characteristics that, that perhaps they don't even have, but they can they can make a person, make a character quite prominent within the system. Mm -hmm. um, what do you uh, think just about through storytelling? What do you think about um, storytelling as a um, a political tool at Empire? I, oh, I so have it's to be super powerful and underused. Yeah, I have to be quite <laughs> careful because, uh, as a position of an imperial high bard, then um, I have to try and remain neutral. 
Mm-hmm. Which is quite. You said try then. You didn't say <laughs> do, I don't stay neutral. I try and well, stay neutral. Yeah. Each each person has their own flaws. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I have to try. I have to attempt to at least be seen to be uh, neutral, whether I am or not, or whether any of the other Imperial Harbors are, is another another uh, conversation. But um, yeah, absolutely. You can you can. Pro- I reckon you can sway elections. You can uh, you can get people on side of whoever's going to be the next uh, empress. Uh, you can have real power if you uh, if you if you really go for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, it is really interesting as well because um, as my character uh, Empire, I um, I tell stories to reinforce the nation brief. So the stories that I tell um, tend to be about what it means to be Navarre, how being this sort of Navarre is the best way to be. And how do you, um, how do you, where do you, do you source that from like the law of empire or do you take some creative? So, so, so it, the law of empire in, in terms of uh, what, what each nation is, is quite well established. Um, so yeah, it's mainly off the wiki. <laughs> and, and then I, I tend to, I find stories that, you know, either ancient stories that I can change or I find a story that I can tell my way that reinforces my point or I write a story that reinforces my point that I'm trying to make. Yeah, um, the, the stories So the, the stories from the different nations is, I find quite interesting. So I definitely feel there are Navari stories and Dornish stories and that, you know what I mean? Like each of the different nations are probably going to have their own, uh, let me put it this way, the the... Brass Coast definitely has their storytelling, you know. It's um... they, yeah, they definitely do. Each different <clears throat> nation, nation obviously has a very different brief, and um, that's one of my roles at Empire is trying to encourage each nation in artistic and creative sense, and musically and storytelling, to um, explore um, their their nation brief in in that area. So it's really wonderful and absolute. One of the joys of me going to Empire is uh, hearing people tell stories in their particular nation's way. Um, my character is a Dornish, um, so... I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> 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 so um, uh, we, we, tell, we, we tell stories in, in perhaps more of a mannered way than some the uh, other uh, uncouth navarre is what you're saying what? <laughs> um... oh i did you see did, did you hear how diplomatic i was then <laughs> <laughs> no i think it's great though um and by the way dawn i have uh, some very good friends in dawn just want to say that before people get stabbed <laughs> in the alley mate, mate don't get, go don't go down that get, line that is a really I dangerous I'm not to the... list. i've got some really good friends in dawn <laughs> yeah. uh, just to let you know. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, let's not even go into that. What have I become? Yeah, yeah, let's not, what have I'm I become? Not being rude, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the um, like uh, you actually put me onto a quite an interesting book back when uh, before the quarantine started. Um, a book by Joseph Campbell, um, "A Hero with a Thousand Faces" is the book. I am oh. yet to finish it because. That is a dense book and leaves me thinking about things a lot after each chapter. So um, <laughs> it's taking a while to get through, but a very interesting it, book. It's a great book. Like, yeah, talks... you're not you're not alone with that. It's about um, there's a lot to do with archetypes in there. Yeah, um... which is which is what I want to talk about. So the book kind of like, and this is me 
paraphrase it. I haven't finished the book yet, so here I'm going to tell you what it's about. But it's um, <laughs> it's it's uh, like archetypes and universal truths of storytelling effectively there are certain things that we see multiple times in multiple cultures around the world and it kind of explores a lot of those different ideas would you say that's fair yes yeah yeah and some would argue that there's only a a finite amount of stories and it's just us telling the same few stories basically um, over and over again are there any um archetypes that you can think of that fit certain nations like is there any nations that you have a kind of idea of well if i'm going to tell a dawnish story well i'm going to approach it in this way and these are probably some of the themes i'm going to have in it oh oh that's a good one that is (laughs) it's so hard not to say the idiot about some place i try and and get one good question out an episode so uh, that was it Um, that's a really good question yeah Um, um i think that i've been telling stories for so long now at empire that um i don't even kind of trip i don't even um find myself thinking about the archetypes anymore um everything just kind of slots into um place Mm -hmm. in my head um but when i was starting telling stories there then yeah i think that yeah i would i would look at the different archetypes and um uh uh, try and um place them or, or use them in stories um i'm just i can't really think about oh no i'm just trying to think about which archetypes i would i'd place for each nation great you, you great got question though so i think things like um wintermark works particularly well with the idea of the sort of peasant hero uh the idea of starting from nothing and becoming a hero through you you know through action i think um, uh, totally when i was listening to the they go through a lot of the hero's journey the kind of like um, yeah the the start and then you kind of it's a full circle back to the beginning but everything's changed by the end of it and there are certain steps along that i couldn't help but yeah. think of wintermark because they have this uh, kind of like heroic viking vibe right like a anglo-saxon vibe to them that kind of just feels very fitting to that kind of narrative you know yeah, I, I, I quite, I think that quite works well for them. I think, uh, interestingly, Navarre stories that are about um, the point in the story where you meet the wise man or the advisor or however it's worded in that book, I can't remember. That those stories tend to resonate quite well because the Navarre lore is that they're older and have made the mistakes and are sort of there watching again. Yeah, that's a, um, so that's that, a good point. That's actually. an interesting. I don't point. think there's enough stuff to do. I haven't heard that many stories with that in mind. I think that'd be really interesting to kind of explore a bit further, especially with the um, what's the old uh, empire that Navari formed off um, Terunial? Is it Terunial? Yes. Don't, don't ask me questions like that. I'm supposed <laughs> to know stuff like that. Quick, 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 <laughs> quick it up. Quick to the wiki. <laughs> quick to the... <laughs> um, good keyboard um, noises yeah exactly that's all sound effects um yeah, yeah um, but the you've got a foley artist in <laughs> yes i just uh, i've got a whole studio around me set up to go that's how we do the intros and outros um, yeah, going back to the archetype thing i yeah just uh kind of, i've just been sitting with that question for a little bit and yeah. i think that in general i'm not so aware of the different archetypes in empire but i do use uh, things uh, for the stories that I tell um, that are 
from the the book that you were telling uh yeah. talking about the hero of a thousand places so i would do things like um uh, a meeting of the goddess um you could probably um relate that to when people go and have meetings with um the eternals yeah um uh, obviously atonement with the father is is something which we have a lot um I'm talking dawn specifically here where um people are uh uh, having various different uh, trials and, and tribulations with their their, their earls. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's actually the bit I was literally listening to yesterday about on the book about this kind of um, this destroyer father figure who can also be maternal at the same time. It's uh, kind of some interesting uh, themes in there for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But yes, yeah. I, I really recommend it if anybody does want go and read it joseph Campbell. i've i've been listening to it more like it's it's brain candy for me that's how i've been kind of listening to it it's kind of like it's really good like i was saying because i stop after listening to stuff because i what i have it gives you ideas for stories just by listening to it and listening to the different archetypes in my yeah how i've been doing it anyway. and and that can definitely help with storytelling just having that back in the back of your mind somewhere um essentially with your storytelling just just you know start speaking and, and and tell your story but if you've got a, a backup or a little bit more education through reading or listening to um uh, uh books or, or or education around the subject then then that will be used whether it's um your subconscious uh, bringing it out or not yeah sure yeah I, I'm, I'm really excited like honestly like i was saying earlier i'm really gutted that though we're not going to E1 because I'm absolutely stopped to the brim full of ideas at this stage to kind of uh, get out there and perform really there's um yeah I think uh, I think for the challenge what I'd like to do is use the this kind of old sorcerer wise person technique you were just talking about Al that is definitely something that I'm going to try and put into a story for sure so um I tell a story which is blatantly ripped off um from legend of the five rings <laughs> <laughs> like blatantly but um but changed enough to be about Navarre, and that's the the story of the the scorpion and the frog, which is an old. I've heard proverb. that story as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's an old proverb, um, and it it goes a certain way, but if you change the ending, it becomes very Navarre. Uh, so that's what I do, and the the ending changes. I tell it maybe four or five different ways with a different ending, mm -hmm. all about what it means to be Navarre. But that's very much that whole that whole story. The way I tell it is a conversation uh, between a grandfather and uh, a, a grand a grandson or granddaughter. Yeah, you do that thing where you're kind of telling a story within a story, right? Which is always a very yeah. Arabian Nights, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that that's very flattering. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that that is, but that I, that's what I think you know resonates quite well with the Navari background is the idea that that there is a a pattern and a repeating pattern to things and you can the big part is the like i say the 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 point in the story where there is an advisor mm -hmm. yeah and that's it that's also a wonderful way of telling a story is if you're not that used to tell uh, to storytelling is to look at the stories that you do know they might be ones from your childhood they might be ones you've read in a book but to pick a story and then put uh, characters from empire in it instead so you, the structure of the story is already there in, in the story that you're familiar with um, and then if you put the characters or 
events that have happened within empire um into the positions in that story then you've got a ready-made story and you just yeah, never I, tell it absolutely i for me i just started off using the the virtues that was, yeah. it was kind of like but very much based on the uh like very loosely abstractly based on the uh christian uh rich man asking jesus how to get into heaven and he talks about trying to get like a rich man trying to get to heaven is like uh something trying to get into the eye of a needle or whatever you know um yeah but it's basically abstracted from that but using the virtues in empire so yeah. all i did was basically cross them over and try and think about little moral stories to prove each one which was a great um thing for me to actually learn the virtues a lot more and in depth right because i didn't want to go out there and be like well i've completely misinterpreted this virtue and i'm about to get heckled and i'm only two virtues in you know so um so it was nice kind of to, as a almost like a learning tool to actually learn more about empire and as we were saying you know, some people say there are only so many stories and so i suppose if this was a song then it'd just be filking and there's mm -hmm. the, just go for <laughs> it yeah I, I mean, I, I would obviously, I would like to encourage people to completely make up their own stories. But as a start, then that's how you become familiar with uh, the, the structure of stories. Yeah, let me tell you a really great story about a very small Navarre who found a ring. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a so, long story. Yeah, certainly <laughs> everyone. I hope you brought... I haven't got time for that. <laughs> I think I think as well. I think um, watching other people is really important. Yeah. Um, I've I've been really lucky in that one of my best friends growing up is a woman called Janina Vergas, um, and she is a phenomenal storyteller. Uh, always has been, and now makes quite a good living doing it. Um, but we've always talked about the way we tell stories because her her way is completely different to mine. But um, some of the stories that I tell are hers that she's given me permission to tell. Right. And what do you? Yeah. How um, do you feel performing those stories in front of her? In front of her, <laughs> that that is probably the scariest thing I've ever done storytelling. Um, right. I imagine so. But she's a great audience. So yeah, you just hope they did. You didn't do justice again. I've talked to her about using her story and using her initial structure, but then I very much make it mine i think it's impossible to tell a story and not make it your own to be honest like uh what was that um well, reservoir reservoir dogs when mr orange is trying to come up with his backstory about being undercover or whatever right like he yeah the the idea is that you tell the story and tell the story and tell your story until you make it your own then you exist within the story so someone throws you a curveball like was the waitress cute you can be like yeah she was okay but blah, blah, blah. and you know what i mean like you're yeah yeah but that, that's where some people fall down because they think they have to tell the story like the the person they've learned the story off and mm. you absolutely don't you should always tell the story in your own style and and in your own way and sometimes it takes a little while to find your own style but you will always find it and people will always accept your own style and you telling it in your own style much better than you trying to mimic somebody else right interesting yeah I think yeah and, and having that having freedom with it as well i mean it's why telling your own stories is always better um it, they resonate more i think um but once you've got to that point where you have a freedom that you're not 
on rails people can tell if you're just sort of going through the same thing over and over I again there's something to be said about remember we we're talking earlier about uh, uh, sparkle or whatever there's something to be um, twinkle twinkle sorry apologies your little <laughs> twinkle um little yeah, all right it can be a normal sized or larger than normal it's fine whatever <laughs> As long as you get it out, it's fine. Well, I'll probably end up seeing your twinkle next event. So uh, <laughs> I'm to look sure you to. will. I'm sure you yeah. will. I, I get my twinkle out a lot. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> right. I've completely lost track of what I was just saying. I'm not sure this is what I signed I up for. I didn't sign up for this either. Wrong podcast again. As soon as, we, as soon as we stop recording, I'm hitting the delete button on the whole thing and just... <laughs> uh, best destroy it now than let it out into the world of all that twinkle. <laughs> The world's not ready. No. Um, God, what was my point just then? Sake. Let's go on. Someone else say something for a minute. Um... <laughs> so, Al, how have you found telling stories online? Um. So that's really interesting because I've not actually done it yet. Yeah. I've. I've. I've only gone sort of face to face. I. I've done some poetry online, mm. but that's kind of that's that's where i start from terms of writing yeah. and telling stories so songs, just, um, to, just to say songs and stories this episode will not be released before songs and stories is done but songs and stories is now being done um on what would have been the saturday um they're going to do a twitch stream with people joining in, on discord and kind of doing performances for people instead of songs and stories it's a pretty ambitious project so i'm really curious to see how it comes out but yeah storytelling um is going to be hard, I think, in that sort of environment, right? Yeah. I'd also like to say that um, they are trying to raise funds for the new uh, theatre tent in the league. And I think on the 24th, which is probably uh, before... Tomorrow? Yes, tomorrow, I think. Yeah. Then they're also uh, uh, having a performance with lots of songs and music and storytelling to raise but i think that's also um being yeah it says tweet i think i think it says a lot about um uh, larp as a hobby that this sort of thing is going on right like people are kind of self-organizing and doing things for charity and doing things to entertain each other and um keep each other entertained right like it's a it's a pretty cool hobby in that aspect it's wonderful yeah, i mean it... it's boiled down to what we used to do so before we had all of these screens everywhere and I, I'm well aware that we are, at the moment we're, we're talking through microphones and screens um, <laughs> but when we had that that quiet in the evening that's when people would start to sing or tell stories and it seems that now we've been forced to slow down then again that seems to be naturally what people are doing they're starting to story tell more and they're starting to make more music and i for one think that's fantastic mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah definitely um i for one i'm gonna definitely gonna be tuning in i didn't know about the thing uh, tomorrow so i might have to tune into that as well that sounds great I, i'll send you a link and we can we can share fantastic that's good um right um i think we're kind of wrapping up there really i feel like anything else you want to kind of just say um to kind of new storytellers before we start you don't have to rush just um you know if you've got anything that you words of advice that you want to say before we leave i i've got some yeah. i've got some that i always give first is never apologize um P uh, jade was saying earlier that people forgive you for making mistakes and i don't think that's necessarily true <laughs> i think quite often 
you're the only person that knows you've made a mistake. Agreed. That's a really good piece um, of advice, yeah. So, yeah, where, where you might think, oh, I did that wrong. No one else will have seen that. You only know that because you know what you want to be doing. Also, a lot of the time when that's um, happening, right, um, you might be the only person that knows that story because it's your story. So if you... Yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. Give yourself a break, right? Don't, don't beat yourself yeah. up about not maybe hitting a note on a certain bit. Um, there is other bits and other notes coming up. So, you know, don't beat yourself up about it, right? Uh, the, um, the other things I'd say were are in a LARP field, you're already looking stupid. <laughs> Everyone is. Yeah. We're all, yourself, we're all on the level. We're all in it together. Dashing. We're all we're all there together yeah. to do that same thing. Yeah. And actually, what you're doing by telling stories and and entertaining in a way that is in character is helping build that world. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I th- you can't let that get to I, you. That is another uh, excellent point, Al. That you are by telling your story, you might well be making someone else's weekend that much better. Right. The storytellers oh, yeah. that I know that I've gone to and said to them, hey, that story, Al's one of them, right? Like uh, other people, I won't go through all of them just in case I miss one off, right? But many people (laughs) have made my weekend or at least rallied my spirits over what might have been a bad weekend through a story or a performance, right? Like that is definitely something that can happen. So um, believe in yourself in that sort of aspect because you might be doing something great for someone else, you know? Absolutely. And technically what I'd say is stories have rhythms repeats choruses almost like a song Mm. and those rhythms and repeats and structures are if you pair them with the bare bones that jay was talking about earlier you get something really interesting Uh, and then you dance around so you're talking because Um, one of your things that you you have a really strong game on is your cadence right your rhythm to your language slowing down speeding up and basically leading up to stuff i think anyone almost like a song i think you said at some point i think it's almost like a song but i highly recommend coming to see al do his thing because it is absolutely fascinating um so is that basically what you're saying is you just use the bare bones and that cadence and that can be enough to get you through a story sometimes um yeah i think so i think and as you get more and more comfortable it's this is oh okay wanky alert <laughs> it gets to be almost like jazz in that jazz there is uh there is a line there is a through line there is a melody line and those that are really good dance around it um that is very wanky and, and i like it i know right <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna listen to this back and be like oh, oh I, no, i'll don't listen to it back i can't listen to myself it's uh it's too much for me to actually do so but so the final bit of technical stuff is learn your magic numbers uh those threes those sevens they are they sound ridiculous but they give your story so much power Mm -hmm. if you can utilize them yeah so um i was absolutely right there and um there's a, a few things that i would add which would be that a story has the power to absolutely change a game. So you can change a game through just your words. And a lot of people, when they tell a story, are nervous. And when you tell a story um, and you're nervous, then the pitch of your voice rises and you get faster and faster and faster. Mm-hmm. So make, when you tell a story, tell it a lot more slowly than... Um, you feel comfortable with so slow right down and drop your voice because people will listen and your your story has much more weight when your voice is at a lower pitch um, and also 
don't be afraid to keep the um, spaces between the words in your story. So it's okay to have silences in a story. It's okay to pause. It's okay to um, just stand there and allow people to catch up with the story and um, to process what's happened already. Um, always uh, make sure that you tie up your story. Um, I think we talked about that earlier because you don't want to have that awkward, uncomfortable feeling at the end of the story where you think, oh, you've got all those questions. So make sure that when you tell a story, you know exactly how you're going to end it. Um, But most of all, I'd say that people, the, 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 the people who listen to stories at large, they are most welcoming Mm -hmm. and just just tell stories because everybody loves to listen to them so just go out and give it a go yeah 100 percent. i think the um the audience at larp is something it's a great opportunity for those that even have a mild interest in storytelling or but the larp inspires you to go storytelling right because you can use it like infotainment as well, which is always good. It gets you involved in the game. You can become the storyteller, you know? So yeah, really interesting. Yeah, stuff. Yeah. Great advice as well, everyone. It's really I good. think, I think interestingly as well, before we go, if you are at a particularly an empire event, but at a, a live role-playing event and someone is telling a story, it's often quite interesting to listen because I know that both myself and Jade have been approached by the plot writers to say, we need to get this information out. Can you tell a story? based on this yeah so quite often we're telling stories that seem fairly innocuous oh it's like the you're like the corporate media working for the man <laughs> well, we are unfortunately well we work, yeah I, we, we very much work for the man but it might be that <laughs> I, it I hate might be say, that I, I don't want to encourage the um that we might be plot pushers but generally <laughs> Um, it's worth having a listen if we are making the effort to go and tell stories. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for no other reason than we like to tell well, stories. Absolutely. Occasionally. I mean, a, a, story, a, a, a plot line that I think has just finished, but I'm not going to give too much away about, um, was about something happening in Semisuak when I was the Suak Egregore. So people came and asked me about it, and I had a story that I'd written about. Uh, playing a game and tricking it, tricking Eternals. Um, <laughs> That's a dangerous yes. game. <laughs> yeah, and I had two, two um, different ones. Um, and there were there were a few versions of that. There was one that I'd written. There was one that Tony had written. Yeah, I'd, I'd there was written, one that Jade yeah. had done one. And if you listen to all of them, you kind of got the the actual true line, the through line truth I, this, as to what was going this on. This is one thing I love about Empire. Uh, even just playing on the field or the stories or the legends or because um ian's doing history episodes at the moment so he's looking at all the different legends and how some of them don't marry up and i love that right right? absolutely love that i think we live in a world now because of the internet where like the truth is a few buttons away or at least like something (laughs) something that looks like the truth yeah an an opinion right but do you remember like even in the like late 90s early 2000s someone could just bullshit their entire lives and no one would call them out on it, right? Because no yeah. one knew anything, right? You had to go down the library to find anything. Else. If you said that there were Navy bases underwater around the UK ready to launch nuclear missiles on us if it, at the moment's notice, right? Like, that, okay. <laughs> you probably know something, <laughs> right? And that's kind of what it's like at M sometimes where 
we've heard stories and we've we've definitely received fake news a hundred percent in our time at empire we've heard oh, yeah. uh, versions of what happened that steers towards political ends which is like awesome and the game yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 exactly and its story doesn't have to be true and I, I would say, though, if you do hear a, a storyteller that you love listening to, go and speak to them. Go and find out how they got into storytelling. Go and find out where they got their story te- uh, stories from, um, because you can just learn. And it only takes a, a few quite minor skills, really, to to become an exceptional storyteller. Mm. Yeah, I think people are always... I think it's true generally at LARP. If you if someone's done something that you enjoy, um, let them know because probably they don't even realise that they're doing such a good job themselves. You know? And and it could make their event. Totally. In the same way that we're saying a story about, say, your dead character or... or um, Let's not bring it up again. No, it can make an event. <laughs> telling, a, telling, a, <laughs> telling a story tell or a singer or or whatever um that that you really enjoyed their story really helps and it only encourages um people to go out and tell more stories yeah brilliant cool um all right guys let's leave it there um i feel like we're probably going to do a second episode on this um this is a nice little first dip our toe in but um this is an absolutely fascinating topic and thank you so much for coming down and joining me and talking about it absolute pleasure yeah no problem cool. all right um well thanks again um we'll be back soon with hopefully something else we're not sure what but um stay tuned we'll hopefully have some more content for you larp related um goodbye everyone stay safe um and we hope that you are all well bye-bye um excuse me creature <laughs> to be clear we mean you no harm if you don't fucky with us we don't fucky with you What's that noise? Dogs? I think it's gone. Blimey, that was a close one. Jasper, have you ever seen that creature in the swamp before? Narp. I've never seen an animal move like that. Nothing that big and nothing that powerful. It could have made short work of the three of us, that's for sure. The real question is, why didn't it? Oh, hello there. Where's your owner?